guys, I'm over here in Edinburgh, Scotland, and guess what? They're as stressed out by our presidential election as we are. And I know that we are because uh, we did an episode with a Trump supporter a couple episodes back. And guess what? Uh, people were very upset online, expressing a lot of angst. Good news, though. Earwolf just launched a new politics podcast. Help you sort it out. It's with Katie Couric, veteran journalist, cares about facts, gets access to all the names that you see in the headlines every day. Senator Al Franken was on the first episode, probably saw him up there killing it with Sarah Silverman. Don't miss these conversations. They may change your mind. You might learn. The show is called simply Katie Couric. Subscribe in iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast app. Stay tuned at the end of this episode for a special preview of the show. I'm recording this in Dublin, Ireland. I'm doing a comedy festival here before I head to the Edinburgh Fringe Festival. And guess what? Even in Ireland, I'm wearing Mac Weldon, and I'm loving it, and it feels good in my ancestral home to be wearing it. Mac Weldon believes in smart design, premium fabrics, simple shopping, very easy shopping experience. They're very comfortable. It's not just underwear. I love the underwear. They also have socks, shirts, undershirts, hoodies, sweatpants. All of them are great. They want you to be comfortable. If you don't like your first pair, keep it. They'll refund you. No questions asked. Not only do they look good, they perform well. I can vouch for that personally. Go to MacWeldon.com, get 20% off using promo code BEAUTIFUL. That's MacWeldon.com, 20% off with promo code BEAUTIFUL. Hello, listeners. Are you individually the best listener? Are you competitive? Is the fire burning bright? This one's for you then. This is Beautiful Anonymous. One hour, one phone call. No names, no holds barred. I'd rather go one-on-one. I think it'll be more fun. And I'll get to know you and you'll get to know me. This call, short but sweet. Let's check it out. Thank you for calling Beautiful Anonymous. A beeping noise will indicate when you are on the show with the host. Hi. How are you? Good, I'm Corey. Oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) That clearly wasn't the call. Come on, Corey. Corey, get it together, Corey. The name of the show has Anonymous in the title. And before we patched you through, John Delore said, don't say your name. And then you said, Cor- okay, my name is Corey, was your response. Shortest call in the history of Beautiful Anonymous. We're going to give you a bonus double call. This week, actually, we'll give you the real call, Corey. You, you choked. You choked. I love you. Thanks for listening, but you choked. Our real call today, I, I tell you, I, I always like one of my favorite things about this show is I get a chance to peek into the world of other people's lives, lives I've never had a chance to leave. You just talk to other regular people, you don't even realize they've lived these whole lives and uh, their backgrounds are different. And then the run of the show, we've heard from people with different religious backgrounds, different life experiences. So excited to talk to an actual professional athlete this round and to hear how that affects your life long-term, to hear the, how the mindset of getting to that level affects things when you're, when you're after that level. And, uh, and I'll tell you, listeners, if you're if you're out there and you're into soccer and you're and you, uh, there's a school. If you went to a certain school, no, you're gonna get hated on. So keep uh, keep listening, because I, I it makes me laugh what school was getting that hate. And enjoy this call. Thank you to our caller. I'm not. I'm as far away from an athlete as it gets. So I was so so psyched to hear about what the life of one is like. Hello. Hello. Hi. How are you? I'm good. How are you? 
I'm okay. Hanging in there? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so I want to just up front tell you I have zero creativity. So I think we're clear. Well, that's that. a breath of fresh air right there. I saw you refer. <laughs> I tweeted out the number this week and I said, please, no, fr- no creatively frustrated people this call. No frustrated creative types. We just get a lot of those and I appreciate it. Someone pointed out we probably get a lot of them because we tend to do these during the work day when, um, when a lot of people who work from home are probably most available. But yes, thank you. Thank you for not being creative. Yeah, yeah you're welcome. Totally. <laughs> Um, so I'm actually very surprised I'm on. This feels weird. Um, I'm still listening to this um, on my iPhone as a podcast, but here I am talking to you in person. So um, excuse me if I'm a little tongue-tied at times. <laughs> no, no need. No need to be tongue-tied. I'm just uh, just some guy who th- who did this, just some guy who had this idea. Not an intimidating person, I yeah. promise. Um. So I was trying to think of something that we could talk about, and I have zero ideas. Um, I guess, um, I don't know. Is there anything that you wanted to ask? Hmm. It's an interesting query, isn't it? Is there anything I want to ask a person who I've literally only talked to for 30 seconds anonymously on the phone? Um (laughs) I don't know. Like, what's the thesis statement for how you're, uh, what's your life? What's your life about? What's your deal? I guess that's my question is what's your deal? My deal is, um, I think if we're going to get deep early, you know, we got an hour, uh, probably close to 55 minutes now. Um, I think my, my thesis would be that my life didn't turn out exactly the way that I, I had planned or even really close to it. Um, and I think I've struggled with that for a little while, um, trying to tell the difference between how I wanted my life to turn out and how it did. I mean, it's just night and day, um, but I'm happy. So I guess I can't complain. Well, that's really, uh, that's really where, uh, where you want to wind up is happy, right? Yeah. I mean, it's just strange that, you know, you you go through high school and college and you have these friends and you're close to them and you kind of go your separate ways. And, you know, I was an athlete for a while. And so I focused on that and didn't get a career right, right away. And, you know, so then I'm looking at my friends who are in a career that they enjoy and they're getting married and they're having kids. I'm just kind of like holding on to this dream. And then, you know, by the time I kind of snap out of it and say, I need to get my life in order. I need to figure out what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. Um, There's like some pickings in, in terms of like, you know, finding a relationship and, you know, just having that dream of like meeting somebody and going through all the firsts together in terms of like being each other's like first marriage and, you know, having kids together and the whole thing. So, were you, um, wait, were you, are you, were you planning to be a professional athlete? Was that the goal? Yes. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. And what, yeah. can I ask what sport? <clears throat> Actually, I, I did. I was a professional athlete for a couple of years. In what what sport? Um, soccer. Your professional soccer player. Previous 
That's cool. <laughs> That's cool. A while ago, yeah. So um, that was something that like, I had always kind of dreamed about. I mean, initially it wasn't um, something that we could necessarily aspire to because it didn't exist. And then when I was in college, um, a professional league came around, and so then it became feasible, and then I did it, and then the league went away for a little bit, and it's kind of like, well, what do you do? You know, do you, you know, they're telling you, this, this league is going to come back, you're going to play again, um, but we don't know what's going to happen. So do you move on with your life or do you say, okay, like I need to find something to do in interim and, you know, stay in shape and, you know, try to do what I can, you know, it's just like finding that balance. It's like, you have to make a decision. You can't like, you have to go all in one way or the other. Um, and that was just really hard. Like, I feel like I've had to make a couple of those decisions and it's, um, you know, it's been kind of disruptive in my life in some in some ways. Yeah, I can imagine. So I'm gonna. This is really fascinating to me. So I want to get I want to get some background first before we get up to the the present day frustrations. Is that cool? Because this is you've walked a life experience sure. not many people have walked. Um, <laughs> to be a professional athlete, and and so this league came into existence when you're in college. So just to become a D1 soccer player extremely difficult to do mm-hmm. division one athlete. Yeah. So you've got this, dr- you've got this dream to be a pro that in, in reality, most of your life, it's not even just a dream. It's like a fantasy because the professional opportunities don't exist. Right. Exactly. So, so then the fantasy becomes a reality. It must feel like it's meant to be. Um, yeah, honestly it was because, um, I mean, to back up a little bit, I guess there was, there was always a women's national team and that was always an aspiration, but there's only what 18 spots on that team. And there's how many, you know, collegiate female athletes to play soccer, you know, to, to fill those spots. And so it was just a very, um, you know, it's like, Oh, that would be cool if that happened. I'm probably not that good, but if it happens, like that's awesome. But like you said, then all of a sudden I'm in college, my junior year, the league comes around and it's like, um, oh my gosh, like this is actually like something I can do, you know, like I don't have to get a desk job. Yeah. <laughs> I can actually like, you know, maintain like the thing I love and um, just continue doing this and, you know, being on a team and working with coaches and staying in shape and, you know, living the dream. Yeah. So. Have you tried out for the Olympic team? Well, it's not really like a try. It's kind of like they pick you. Like yeah, they scout just, the world. It's like a ginormous like pool of uh, female soccer players, and you know now that they have the professional league, it's kind of it's a lot easier for them to see that you know the women playing on that kind of stage. Um, whereas before, it was just like you know watching college games and you know hearing through. Um, you know whatever, just hearing about like a good athlete or whatever. So yeah. Yeah, it's not really anything you can go and, like, you know, sign up for and have, like, an open call and, and go, but I wish it worked that way. <laughs> <laughs> do you think, like, do you think that you're one of the 18 best female soccer players in America? Like, do you think you're oh in the run? No. Oh, you're not. So you're, the, you're, <laughs> no. when you reach the professional level. A while ago. Okay. 
Yeah, this is like years and years ago. So, um, yeah, at the time, no. I mean, I, I, I also had some other things um, happen that, you know, some injuries and things like that that kind of sidelined me in different ways, whether it was um, physically because I couldn't do it or um, physically initially, but then also kind of like the head. You know, I kind of was in my own head about, you know, thinking that I could do something that maybe my body couldn't accomplish again yet. Wow. You know what I mean? Until I was healthy again. So, you know, just it was just like it's a big like mental thing that you have to, um, and then I just kind of have to fight through. Um, and it's it's so interesting because you're on a team, and you know when you're playing professional soccer, you're on a team, and you're training with these teammates day in and day out, you know, with your coaches every day and you're watching video and, you know, you're out in the community and you're doing all this stuff, but it's really, at the end of the day, you know, it really feels lonely because you're all fighting for a spot on the team. You're all fighting for a chance to play and you have to prove yourself every practice. You know, it's not like you go in and they pick the, the top 11 and then that's, what stays. I mean, for the most part, yes, but there are, um, I mean, you got to fight. And if, if you're not mentally in it or physically, then it's, it's a struggle. Yeah. So be, um, really mentally tough for it. So, so it's a life of constant, but, constant pressure mentally and constant risk physically. Yeah. Totally. Wow. What is exactly. It, what's, yeah. <laughs> what's it feel like to get on the field? Like when you hit the professional level and you actually get that, the coach sends you in, is it like, are you able to have fun? Are you able to go into attack mode or is it just like, don't fuck this up? Um, well, in my situation, I think it was more don't fuck this up. <laughs> um, but I think, you know, for some of the other players, um, you know, I think it was very much like, this is fun, you know, but it's also very competitive. You know, it's not like, I mean, you're, you're going out there and you're fighting. Like, you're, I mean, girls, girls get vicious on the field, you know, <laughs> and not in a bad way. You know, it's like one of those things where when, when you're on the, when you step on the field, it's like a whole new ball game. It's like, um, it's like a battleground, but then you step out the field and you can like see those same girls and your friends or whatever, but you know, you're, you're fighting. So tell me, tell um, me, do you mean physically? Like you're actually brawling? Like there's, you're pulling on each other's jerseys. There's people, there's your slide. Oh, yeah. What is it like? Yeah. Tell me, as someone who is as far away from a professional athlete as, as humanity can possibly get, I'd love to know like what... Being, because I, I watch, uh, I watch soccer, football. As I'm, do you call it soccer or football? How does that work when you're at the pro level? Soccer. You do. Soccer. Wow. Mm-hmm. Uh, In America, yeah. So when you're playing soccer, what are, what's going on on the field that I would never know just having watched on television? Like, what are all the things happening that I don't that I don't see? Are you just um, talking shit constantly? Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, it depends. Like, when you, when you first start out, I mean, it, it kind of builds over the course of the game, you know. Like, if you're marking the same person, 
you know, I'm a, I'm a defender. And if I'm looking the same forward, who's like coming at me time after time and trying to get by me and, um, you know, it's just becomes a battle. It's like, it's like a little like chess game, the whole game. Um, because you're just you're just constantly always going up against the same person with the same couple of people, and you know here or there like they'll you know stick an elbow out or you know trip you here or there. And like sometimes it's it's not even purpose purposeful. It's just kind of it happens that you get pissed off and <laughs> it just kind of snowballs through the through the whole game, you know. And it's just um, I don't know, and I and I think to get to that level of, of play um, you have to have that competitive nature like you have to like you it's like do or die yeah you know it's like because you have I mean you have, you have to have the mentality to do this day in and day out and be crazy enough to do <laughs> this day in and out training for you know two or three hours a day um, including like lifting and then video and um, and then for the female athletes, you know, well, I don't know how it is for like the WNBA and things like that, but like for us, a lot of it, a lot of our time away from the field, we were spending in the community and trying to get people to pay attention to us. Um, so it was, it was a fight. The whole thing was a fight. It's a struggle. Um, but it was also incredible at the same time because, you know, like you had asked, when you step on the field, it is the most incredible feeling because you have all of these, um, you know, young kids, boys and girls, and, and their parents there to see you, to see you play a game um, in the city that they live in, and they're proud of you. You know, they're there watching and support you, and they're screaming and they're chanting your name. And after the game, they stay and they want your autograph. And it's like, honestly, if I were to say one of the hardest things, like walking away from soccer was losing that and losing teammates, like losing that connection with like teammates day in and day out. Yeah, you get to be rock stars. You get to be rock stars when you're on the field. <laughs> but it seems like being a female athlete, being a female athlete in this country, not a... Not always the fairest deal, I would imagine. Being like a college yeah. athlete, so much focus on football, right? And then basketball. Yeah. And then it all rolls yeah. downhill from there. Yeah. It's a bummer. But, you know, it's, we're, we're not doing it for um, the notoriety, if you will. You know, it's, you know in, in the beginning when I was in high school, it was a way... Um, to get a good education. And then when the league came around, it was like, oh my gosh, I get the way to not have to go to work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> what conference? Can I ask what conference you played in in college? Um, I don't know. I feel like I might be giving... Uh, I can... Well, maybe not anymore. Um, at the time, I was in the Big East. The Big East? Oh yeah, and the Big East has fallen apart. Much to my chagrin. Oh, yeah. I was a big fan, big <laughs> Seton Hall Pirates fan, Seton Hall basketball, Isaiah Whitehead, now a member of the Utah Jazz, as of last night, oh, yeah. got drafted. Um, okay, so, okay, so you're no, one of these Northeast Catholic powerhouse schools. Um, that's cool. So that, no, for, <laughs> I understand. But to be, to be in the Big East in any sport, you're, you're, you're no joke. This is not, you're not a, 
this is not, you're, you're not playing in some weird little conference. This is, you're a for real athlete. That's amazing. Do you ever, uh, you ever get a red card? You ever get a red card in a game? Are you a bruiser out there like that? Are you an enforcer? <laughs> not in college. Um, when I was surprisingly, like, in middle school, I got a red card. <laughs> in middle but, school? Uh, no, I got a lot of yellow cards. Yeah, I know. I, <clears throat> I was kind of a bruiser. You, what's the, but, uh, um, what do you get yellow cards for? Just hard tackles. Um, you know, occasionally trying to slow down a game, you know, if you're winning um, by a goal. And you just want to slow down the game a little bit because it's getting kind of feisty and you don't want the opportunity to score. You kind of, you know, kick the ball away or, you know, things like that. So kind you, of uh, things that I would get pissed at. So you're clear, you're very clearly a very uh, nice person on the phone, but on the field, you're a, you're an, you're, you're an enforcer. <laughs> you, you play dirty. Did the coach ever tell you go out there, do your job, and you knew what that meant? No, I mean, that's what all of us did. You know, like that's just what you do. You just, you, you know, like I said, it's like, um, you know, once you're in in the arena, you know, you're just a different person. You just, like, a, a switch flips, and you're just, you know, it's game time. And you do whatever you have to do, I mean, within the rules for the most part. Um, for the most part. I when, love this. I love you slipped in. You, you say <laughs> you do what's in the rules, and then you quietly slip in for the most part. That I wouldn't. People didn't like being on the field when 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 they uh when the other team when the uh, when the St. John's Red Red Storm when they're running down the field at you and they realize they got to deal with you. They don't like it, do they? People didn't like dealing with you on the field, did they? I don't. Well, uh, probably not. I love it. I love it. You'll take a couple teeth out. You'll take a couple teeth out if you can. I love it. You better be wearing your mouth guard. <laughs> You better be wearing your mouth guard today. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't that physical, but <clears throat> like, I wasn't like knocking anyone over. Like I definitely don't, don't have that kind of frame, but, um, <laughs> definitely feisty. I'm not, you know what I mean? Like if you're, if we're going one-on-one, -on -one, you know, I'm going to slyly behind the ref's back or where they can't see, you know, pull your shirt or I'm going to, you know, just, do whatever I need to do to That's get the ball. So rad. And can I say it feels it feels weird talking about that because it's like it feels so long ago. Like I haven't played soccer in years and years. But like this to talk about it, it's like oh my god! Like just knowing that feeling. I love it. I love hearing about it because I am physically. The, uh, John John in the booth always laughs at me because I like if he gives me a cup of water, I immediately knock it over. I'm the most physically inept human being. So hearing from a, a, a <laughs> professional athlete. I also love this. I love that you said, uh, I was like, you're like, take anybody out this net. And you were like, you said like, well, no, I never, I never took anybody out. But you didn't say I'm not that type of person. You said, I don't have the frame for that. <laughs> Tells me you would have. If you were, oh, if you were yeah, a little, totally. If you were a little more broad shouldered, some people would have eaten some more turf in your day. I'm going to go ahead and call a yellow card on this conversation so we can pause it a second. I think yellow cards do that in soccer, not 100% certain. But look, we've got some advertisements, some kind sponsors who help make this show happen. We've got the best sponsors here, baby. The competitive Firebirds, bright. We have the best sponsors. Check them out. Guys, I'm a very vocal proponent of therapy. 
mental health treatment. I think everybody needs to take care of their brain health. And I tell you, therapy can and should be affordable, confidential, and convenient. And this is exactly what Talkspace is. Only with Talkspace do you get unlimited messaging to your dedicated, licensed therapist for just $32 a week. I can say as someone who's been in therapy for many years, that is a deal. Join over 300,000 users who already know that with Talkspace, you can text, audio message, or video message your therapist as many times as you want without having to wait a week for your next appointment because with Talkspace, your therapist is always in your pocket or on your computer. Now, you can even schedule a live video session with your therapist right from your smartphone. Visit Talkspace.com beautiful for a special $30 discount off your first month or download the Talkspace app on the Apple or Android app store and use coupon code beautiful. If, you out, if you're out there, you're thinking about therapy, I highly recommend it. People in your life, if you, if you feel like they need it, you want to have that conversation, let them know about Talkspace. Talkspace, therapy for how we live today. Today's show is sponsored by Howl.fm, which is like Netflix for podcasts, the Comedy Bang Bang Live Tour, back on Howl, Scott, Lauren, PFT, sharing their favorite moments from the stage, stories from behind the scenes, and new stops of the Comedy Bang Bang Live Tour, Montreal, Australia, Comic-Con, and all sorts of other Comedy Bang Bang specials, 42 of them, in fact, and exclusive access to all kinds of stuff, miniseries, documentaries, albums. If you haven't signed up for Howl yet... You can use code BEAUTIFUL when you check out on Howl.fm to get a month of Howl Premium free after your full month of free trial. It's only $4.99 per month. Get all that content. Redeem your promo code. Make sure you create your account on the web at Howl.fm. Enter code BEAUTIFUL at checkout. That's H-O-W-L.fm. Promo code BEAUTIFUL. One month free trial. Howl Premium. All right. Let's get back to the phone call. Game on, as they say, in the world of sports. If you were a little more broad-shouldered, some people would have eaten some more turf in your day. Yeah, well, I mean, there was definitely people that I went up against, and I was like, I cannot get by this person, or I can't stop this person. And I just wish that I just had, it was a little bit bigger, or a little bit more, even a little faster, or whatever. Um, <clears throat> yeah, like, I definitely, there were people I wanted to hit hard <laughs> is that bad <laughs> no it's awesome that's awesome i love hearing it i still i still to this day like my boyfriend will bring up like he'll like mention a, a college that was one of our rivals and i still to this day can't stand the school i'm like i cannot oh. even I like, bet I know. It just reminds me of those days. I bet I can guess. And this is not treading on anonymity. Knowing the big, I'm a big fan of the Big East. I grew up in North Jersey. Like all we cared about as kids in, was the Big East. I bet. Here's my guess. Yep. Based on hearing that, you either went to Syracuse or Georgetown. True or false? Did I go to there? No. Because those yeah. are the two Big East schools that hate each other the most, right? Yeah, and I'm not necessarily saying like it was a big rival as our for our school, but uh, for our team, it was just nice. Like, okay, the, you know those specific girls that were playing were just <laughs> hate the worst. You have I mean, hate in your heart. They were the best. They were the they were they were incredible. That's why we hated them so much. They were so good that we just um, it just pissed us off. And like that was the game that we got amped up for every year. Oh. Those, I mean, that team must have been facing every game they played. I know at my old school, my old school is apparently Rutgers. Rutgers ladies, uh, Rutgers, the women's soccer team, I think, is one of the best out there right now, from what I hear. Yeah. 
Yep. Yeah, they have been doing a lot. Actually, we we played them quite a bit. Yeah, I would imagine. Um, they, used, they used to have Carly Lloyd, Carly Lloyd, hero to millions, Rutgers alum. Yep. I know. So now you're saying, so nice. I can imagine, I can imagine, thank you for indulging me on that, on all that, because I can imagine, like, to be an athlete of that level, I mean, from a very young age, you must have been all consumed by this. And I would imagine a lot of pressure on you from from other people around you to focus on this. And then it gets to a point where, well, now there's nothing left to focus on. I can't, I can imagine, I hear what you're saying. Like, what do you do after that? Yeah, it's, um, it was that, I think that was one of the hardest parts for me was, was, you know, coming home and stuff. And so when I was playing soccer, you know, even when I was in college, um, I went right from college. I actually didn't finish my senior year and left to go play soccer, down where I was. Wow. So you got you got drafted out of you left school early. You're a badass. You're badass at this. No, it was just the way that it happened. You Come know, it just started on. before the senior year finished. And then I, I went back after the first year. <clears throat> I played and finished school. Um but my point is I spent a lot of time away from where I grew up and it just felt like every time I came back home, the questions were just always, you know, not how are you as a person, it's how, you know, how's soccer, how's this, how's that, um, what, you know, what's your team, like, what are you doing, you know what I mean, like, everything was just so focused on that part yeah. of me, and, you know, not that I ever questioned how my family felt about me, but, like, or friends, but, um, you know, it's hard when you pull away from it and like, that's your identity to them, you know, yeah. and you just want to stop. And, you know, when you're playing at that level and you just stop playing and you know, people expect you like, Oh, are you going to play, you know, co-ed or are you going to, you know, just play, playing league around here? And I'm like, no, cause I would probably rip everyone's head off on my own team <laughs> and competitive and they don't give a shit, uh, you know? Uh, <laughs> and, and it's just like, no, it's not worth my time. And you can't say that to people, but like, that's how you feel. Like, yeah. I just, I want to win. And you guys just want to come here so you can go to the bar afterwards, you know? And I would have me. like, um, uh, I know like in New York, there's like local soccer leagues and it's like, people go to like be social and like, there's one of them that's like a notorious, like people go there and you wind up fine. Like it's a dating pool. Like it's a pickup scene. If you wound yeah. up in one of those leagues, like a casual city league, would you just be, you'd be like the Michael Jordan of that league from day one. You'd be, it would be, no one would have fun playing with you. No, I can't, I wouldn't say that because it's, it is a team sport. You know, I, I think more than anything, I'd be frustrated you'd and be I would at people because I'd be, you know, you're, you're kind of yeah. in a way dependent on the people around you, you know, and if they don't give a shit and if they're not trying hard or if you, you know, work your ass off to win a ball and then pass it to somebody who's not paying attention or you know what I mean like it's just you're only as good as the people around you so casual so, soccer league for you you'd be like yeah, up in somebody's like 0% face percent of soccer to me is, is is um it's casual wow so you'd be like you'd be like up in somebody's face like I'm not here to find a fucking boyfriend <laughs> pass the fucking ball when I tell you to pass the fucking ball like you'd you'd flip out <laughs> you would. I mean, I wouldn't flip out. I just wouldn't go the next time. I uh, would, it would just, I'm a very quiet, like I keep it inside. Um, <laughs> you know, like I won't yell, but I just, well, 
you know, respectfully decline next time. Sure, but I know what's going on inside. You've you've showed your mm-hmm. hand to me here oh on this God. phone call. Just judgment there and rage. A fire burning. Judgment and rage. <laughs> Total judgment. <laughs> it really is. And that's what I hate. Like it, it is like why aren't you as competitive as I am? Why wow. don't you care? Have you found new outlets for your for your competitive side in, in real life now? Um, I just work out a lot. You work out a lot. So it yeah, so it's just my you know, competitive with myself. Your friends you know, like this workout has to be as good as last time. <laughs> like when your friends invite mm-hmm. you and your boyfriend over for a board game night, are you just like, No, don't, don't, don't. You don't want to do that to yourself. <laughs> no, my brother and I, my brother's very similar to me and we cannot like we've been basically banned from playing board games in my family. <laughs> The t- each of us individually and together is a definite no-no. Like there are fights, so like, when you balls and, over Monopoly. When you and your brother play a game of checkers, is it just like the least fun day in your house? Is is that the type of thing that can like ruin a whole Christmas vacation for your whole family? Oh, oh yeah, like no talking. Like I, <laughs> you know, like flip the board, checker pieces everywhere. We each go our separate ways. Yeah, it's not. I mean, we're he's married and has kids now, so I think he tries to curb that a little bit. But uh, I don't. <laughs> wow. Was he an athlete too? Yeah, yeah. Was he like pro level as well? No, <clears throat> but he played in college. Soccer? Mm-hmm. Wow. Oh, my God. He was my – I just wanted to be like him growing up. I got to ask, and I, again, always, I always, people are tired of hearing me say it. Feel free to just tell me to fuck off. What were your, uh, what were your parents like? Because two, two high level athletes, there's pressure in that house, right? Um, it's interesting you bring that up. Um, my parents are both athletic, I would say. Um, but you know not like true athletes. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom was, you know, she played baseball and softball and my dad, um, avid bowler. Oh yeah. Like, like super, <laughs> super, super in the bowling alley. <laughs> wow. Um, <laughs> he, he does bowl, but, um, but also played baseball and things. And, you know, I think, um, once my brother was born, um, and he started to get into sports and, you know, try different things or whatever, I think he really took a liking to soccer and my mom just, um, dove into it and just, you know, wanted to read every book about it and wanted to like, you know, make sure that he, you know, if it was really something that he wanted to do, that he, that she knew everything she could know about it, um, <clears throat> watched videos, would like research um, soccer camps and like, you know, just the best opportunities. And then, you know, he just kept growing through that. And of course, you know, I'm five years younger than him, but I saw that and I wanted to, you know, when we, we had a big enough backyard that we had um, a goal, a soccer goal in our backyard. And so, um, I just wanted to be doing whatever he was doing, and I kind of was riding his coattails for a while until <clears throat> it just seemed like I had more of the natural talent, whereas he was very much um, put in a lot of effort. 
Ah. Had less of had less of the natural talent, but had all oh, that he must have burned with rage. He must have burned with rage when he sensed <laughs> that he was being overthrown by his younger sister. No, I do. I do think that there was. So for the longest time, I was known as like everything was his little sister. You know, like people would see me like at his soccer games, like, oh, that's his little sister. And then um, when I was in college and then I was, I was drafted, you know, it was, he came to me and he said, I think I'm officially your older brother. Oh, wow. That's you know, a big was, moment in your you life. Know, was, yeah. <laughs> but he loved it. You know, he was, yeah. he was so proud. So you had, you're, it yeah. sounds like your mom got into it, but you didn't have one. Did you have, you didn't have one of these stereotypical, like uh, getting yelled at if you messed up after the game type childhoods it doesn't sound like um or maybe you did <laughs> your frustrated sigh maybe lets me know otherwise yeah so i think my mom um was very competitive herself and like i said kind of you know i was a little bit more of the natural talent and my brother had the effort and so i think you know she <clears throat> would maybe see me not putting in as much effort um, and get really, you know, pissed at me. And, you know, there'd be some talks and, you know, in the car ride on the way home and things like that. And, you know, it's, it, you know, it kind of got, so then I, my mom was diagnosed with cancer and, um, and she got really sick and she was given, just a couple weeks Whoa. to live. And then, and then, you know, so I was like in a very, you know, as old as I when she was diagnosed, I think I was 13. And then, you know, so it's like right around that time where you're kind of like trying to find yourself and, you know, is this really what I want to do? Is this, you know, like it was just something to keep me busy as a kid and, you know, I'm done with it or do I stick with it? And, I mean, I, I was obsessed with soccer at that point. I brought a soccer ball with me everywhere. And, um, you know, just the my mom getting sick was a huge shock. Um, and she passed and away? She did pass away, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. She, she survived for two and a half years. Yeah, uh, so they uh, gave her a very short amount of time, but they kept... Um, giving her, um, she, it was a very rare type of cancer, <clears throat> um, but they kept giving her kind of, um, not, I don't want to say like experimental medications and things like that, but they were trying different things. You know, they were, yeah. they kind of knew it was terminal, um, but, you know, they were trying to do everything possible to keep her alive and, and um healthy or happy at least, um, comfortable for as long as possible. And, you know, and so that was, I, I knew how much she enjoyed watching, uh, me play soccer and just, you know, was so happy when she was out at the soccer field and, you know, and seeing her kids do well and stuff, it was just, it was something that, um, I had to keep doing. I had to keep doing it for myself, but I also had to keep doing it for her. Wow. Um, so. I mean, they gave her weeks you know, and, then, and she survived years. That's That shows you when you say your mom yeah. is competitive. That shows it right there, huh? She, yeah, absolutely. And she didn't even stop working. 
Wow. She works that entire time. I think she stopped a month before she passed away. So a month or two before she passed away. Your whole relationship with soccer then is tied up in some real deep, some real deep yeah. uh, things. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but she, you know, she was so stubborn, you know, and I, and I know that's where I get it from. And she just <laughs> wanted me to wake up, you know, like see what your potential is. And I think, you know, at, at, at that age, you're just like, I am okay being, you know, having these friends that I play soccer with and whatever, but you know, she could see further than that and just wanted the best for me. And she would get frustrated and there are sensitive times and, you know, like there are some tough lessons in there, but you know, you get through it. Yeah. And I just see that getting, that's how I got to where I got to. Wow. So. That's like a real, that's like Shakespearean. (laughs) But it still plays, plays a role you know, in my life now too, because, you know, for a long time after she passed away, I would have dreams um, and she would show up and she would always be so disappointed in me. Whoa. And it was like, I, you know, and so I would wake up and I, and I have very vivid dreams and I remember them all. And um, it was just something that was weighed very heavily on me and just, constantly like reevaluating my life and like you know what am I doing wrong like how did I get here would my mom be proud of me would I would she be happy with what I've done with my life or is it not enough you know that I need to still go and I think that was part of my problem when you know they when the league went away and they gave us they basically said you can either hang on or you know move on we want you to hang on but we also understand that you're you know, now in your mid twenties and there's other things in this world besides soccer. And, but I just kind of always felt like, would I let my, would I be letting my mom down if I gave this up? Not under my own conditions. So. Wow. That was tough. Let's take a break from talking to this professional athlete. And remember that I am a professional podcaster, which means that we have ads and sponsors, and I thank them all for helping to make this show happen. I'll tell you guys, I I remember being a kid and getting ready for the standardized test and how stressful it was and how I felt like I was on my own and how how you got to focus in so hard. I remember the SAT when I was a kid. Oof. I'll tell you, Magoosh, they don't just deal with the SAT or the ACT. They have all sorts of exams, the GRE, GMAT, LSAT, all of them. Magoosh provides online test prep for all of those I just mentioned, as well as the TOEFL and Praxis, things I am too uncultured to even know about. can be hard to find the time and money to prepare for standardized tests. Magoosh offers a better solution, affordable and effective test prep that's 100% online. You can log in anytime anywhere on your computer, your tablet, your phone. They make it really easy. You get to study when you want, where you want. And if you get stuck on a problem or concept like I always did with math, I hate math, Magoosh offers friendly email help from their team of expert tutors. Magoosh's complete test prep starts at under $100. 
and they guarantee you'll improve your score or they'll give you your money back. Join the 1.5 million students who have chosen Magoosh. Go to Magoosh.com. That's M-A-G-O-O-S-H.com right now. Get 20% off with code BEAUTIFUL at checkout. I hope everybody uses this to do a little better on their test, take a little stress off the shoulders. Very, very much wish that I had something like this when I was a kid. Thanks, Magoosh, for your support. Prep smart. Go far. Enjoy the ride. Get back to the call. Soccer has that weird thing with the extra time. I never quite understood how they sort that out. No extra time in this call. We get an hour, and then it's done. So let's uh, let's go. Let's get to that final bell. There's other things in this world besides soccer, and but I just kind of always felt like would I let my would I be letting my mom down if I gave this up? Not under my own conditions. So. Wow. That was tough. That's like a, uh, it's like a real origin. You were, there's like a real hero's journey. Like you had like a Joseph Campbell-esque journey through soccer. <laughs> I don't know about that, but you know. More, more than, more than I thought at the beginning of the call. That's, I tell you, that's a real motivation. <laughs> I didn't see coming. That's like really powerful, really powerful. Yeah. I mean. It's, it's, I mean, still to this day, sometimes I don't know what to do with it. You know, I don't know what to do with those thoughts. You know, do I just say, you know, look what you've accomplished in your life. Um, look at where you've been. Look at all the um, countries you've been, you've traveled to and teams that you've played on and people that you've played with that are, you know, top in the nation. Um you know, like, can you be happy with that? Or, you know, is, are you always looking for something better? <clears throat> um, and I think, you know, that plays into my like personal life too. Sometimes it's like, is, um, am I, am I a good enough girlfriend? Am I a good enough, um, stepmom, I guess. Um, Am I doing the right things? And, you know, my, is everyone happy? Wow. I mean, I think a lot of people wonder those things though, too. So I, sure. I mean, I'm, I'm not, I'm not alone in that, but. But you've you know, got this more, whole, um, you've got this whole lifetime of like holding yourself to ultra high standards. Do you, sir, like, do you regret at all that that's tough to turn off or do you feel like it's still is it making your life better or and, and your stepkids life and your boyfriend's life like do you do you regret that um, you can't turn it off do you feel like it's a positive or a negative ultimately well I mean I think I've gotten better at it I mean it, it in a way I think it's it's been good it's been good that I think it's good that I'm evaluating myself maybe not as I don't need to as much as I am um, but, you know, I've, I've gone to therapy and stuff and worked on, you know, just knowing that, um, I am good enough, you know, cause I think a lot of it comes down to me not feeling like, um, I'm good enough or I've done all that I can do. Um, but yeah, just knowing that I don't have to try so hard. You know, sometimes you just don't have to try that hard. Sometimes I'm trying too hard and it makes things more complicated. And it just, it makes me more on edge. 
So I think that part of it, the therapy for that has really been the most helpful for me. Yeah. Um, but as a soccer player, it was definitely good to have that. You need to be better. You need to train harder. Well, I, I, I feel like I can actually, I feel like our lives do cross over there a little bit because I know as a comedian, I always had that feeling of like, you know, if I'm not, like, I'm not the funniest guy in the room ever, so I better be working harder than anybody in the room. I better be doing more shows, more interesting shows, try to do cooler stuff than anybody else, try to make sure that it's known, like, I'll take bigger risks and I'll commit harder and just work harder, and that's what makes me happy. But I tell you, when I got married, I was like, no, you know what really makes me happy is, like, I get to go home, hang out with my wife. She's nice. She's really nice to me, very kind. <laughs> and that my priorities have really adjusted. I, but I had to reconcile, like, am I not, am I, like, letting some of my fire go, and am I okay with that? And I realized it's actually just different motivations. They're not gone. The fire's less obvious, but it's just burning for different reasons and in different ways, you know? Right. Yeah. And no, I can totally understand that. I think it's similar. It's, um, you know, with my boyfriend, um, I, you know, fell in love with him and then I didn't meet his son until a while later. And then that relationship in the beginning, I, I wouldn't say it was difficult, but there were things that weren't easy. Um, and, you know, you just you kind of expect that that you're going to be awesome at everything or you want to be awesome at everything and like you don't have control over it. You know, like when you can't, um, you know, go go to a comedy club and like get up and be like completely con- in control of your set and everything you know, you, it's, 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 it drives you crazy. You're like, I want this to be good now, yeah. but you don't have control over it. How old is your stepson? Um, he is now four. He's going to be five. How old July. was he when you met him? Um, just around two. Oh, wow. Yeah, just turned two. Yeah. So, um, I absolutely adore him and our relationship is great now. I just, you know, there were, I mean, there's, it's, it's difficult, you know, you, um, like I was saying before, it was like, you know, all my friends were moving on and getting married and having kids and stuff. And I felt like I kind of missed the boat. And so, um, you know, it's like, well, my boyfriend's been married before, you know? So if we get married, you know, it's not our first together. And if we have kids, it's not his first. Right. You know what I mean? And it's just, you know, you kind of feel a little bit like second fiddle. Like you're you're not going to be top priority. Wow. There's already somebody in first place, you know? And so I think that was really hard for me to reconcile and say, you know, it's not about me against um, his son or him or, you know, anyone else in his life. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I completely hear you. It's really, uh, it's, I mean, I would imagine, I've never heard being married to someone previously married described that way, but I would have to imagine that feeling comes up for a lot of people in general. When you say it, it makes total sense, let alone you, someone who's trained your whole life to really lock into being competitive 
to have to turn off the competition with like a two-year-old kid or with an ex-wife who's like theoretical. Must be, it must be yeah. tough to have to turn that off when you've Sounds like training to be competitive your whole life has will have lifelong effects that you're you're uh, <laughs> you have to constant you just every day have to constantly gauge. Yeah. Are you just like I mean, you, like when you go to the grocery store, like when you're heading towards the checkout aisle, if you see someone else heading there, are you like, no, I'm getting there fucking first. Like I will get there before you. <laughs> Do you have like little I totally moments? Do. You do. I do. I'm a social justice warrior for sure. Like things <laughs> piss me off. Like if you're not doing it right, don't do it. You always like, get the best parking uh, spot, huh? Oh my god, I am such a fire. Like anywhere. Like people just do stupid shit. I just want to call them out on it all the time, and I have to bite my tongue. Like and. It, Luckily, my boyfriend's with me a lot of the time, and I just turned in my, are you fucking serious right now? That's <laughs> happening. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, people suck sometimes. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, I'm I'm a total introvert, and I think the world is just mysterious to me in general. And, like, if I could have it my way, I'd be living in a house in the woods, close to a grocery store, though. And um, <laughs> as long as fresh direct delivered, you you want to be a her, you want to yes. be completely off the grid as as long as you can uh, still have the convenience of modern life. Right, like I don't want to be secluded necessarily, just secluded to other people who annoy me. I'm gonna go ahead and say or, something and here. I don't even want to say that. This is one of my favorite calls we've ever done. I'm going to tell you, this is one of my favorite calls. <laughs> yes. So if you're getting competitive, because yes. I know you're oh in your God, head. I can check that off my bucket list. And you're in your oh head God. this whole time. You're in your head this whole time. Like, I want him to think I'm better than all the other callers. I want this to be the best call. I want this to be the best call ever. Yes. Now I have to listen to all the rest of them. And if you ever say to somebody else, I'm totally going to call you out on that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, if there were other callers next to you right now, you'd be getting yellow cards for elbowing them out of the way. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Kicks to the shin, the whole thing. Yeah. Now, yeah. is your is your boyfriend athletic? Is your stepson athletic? Yes. Both. Mm-hmm. You said that with a twinge <laughs> of regret, uh, an audible twinge of regret. No, it's in, it's excitement. Yes, I like, like, thank God. You know, I don't think I could be with somebody who didn't, who wasn't competitive. Yeah. What's um, your, what is your. Or, or was, or wasn't at least on the, on the crazy competitive spectrum in some way. Did your, was your boyfriend like an athlete of a college level like you or just in general he's a competitive? Yeah. He was. Did yeah. You? Yeah. Yeah. Wow, what sport? Also soccer. So your stepson <laughs> will play soccer. Your stepson is going to play soccer. I actually don't. Like, he has some interest, but I don't. I, I'm not sure yet. We're just happy that he's a lefty. <laughs> Wait, why? Why? What do I not? It's so much better. It's so much better in soccer. I mean, you just. <laughs> yeah. Cause, right. Because I play. He's not even five yet. Is it like I play basketball very casually? Not I'm not comparing my athletic experience to yours at all. I'm terrible. I'm the rec specs guy. But if someone is lefty and they <laughs> dribble with the left, defending it, you're just not used to it. It's a pain in the ass. Is it that right. type of thing? Like there, his just instincts will be like defenders yeah, will have a bigger different. time. Oh my god! Yeah. 
it's different. It's, you can you can swing the ball in in a different way. You can play on the left side of the field. Um, if you ever watch soccer and you have like a right a righty who plays on the left, like they're constantly cutting in. Yeah. Um, so they can have the ball on the right foot, you know, and it's just. I mean, um, the best kid, the best thing that could happen in this kid's life is is if he plays baseball, right? Can we just admit? Honestly, we had him out in the yard the other day, and he had this little like pee, and he just opened like he got a brand new like wiffle ball bat kind of thing, and he was cracking them like out of the yard. And you loved <laughs> oh, it. You loved it. <laughs> yes, there were lots of videos taken. You loved it, <clears throat> but this kid, like, it would be yeah. great for this kid to play sports. But if he plays soccer, oh my god, your boyfriend was I a college know. player well, as well. We'll Was your college? Was your boyfriend a pro? No, 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 but he, um, he's definitely still in the game. He coaches. Um, oh, so this kid better play any he, other sport. What if your stepson gets really into like Magic the Gathering? What if he gets really into <laughs> D&D like I did as a kid? What if all he wants to do is have his nose in comic books and watch pro wrestling like me? Oh, my God. Oh, you, I don't know. I don't know. It's like nails it's on like the chalkboard. I think the morning. <laughs> Oh God! <laughs> I can't think about it. You can't. So the idea no, of, have, of the idea we'll support him, whatever he wants to do. Hold on, though, because I just described myself. I just described myself, <laughs> <laughs> and your response was that it would be like a nightmare scenario to raise a child who I just described myself, <laughs> and you said we'll support him, whatever he wants to be. <laughs> I described yeah. me. We support you too. Thank you. Thank you. If you, you were so much. our child, we would support you. Oh, if I was your child, that'd For be sure. the biggest disappointment you ever faced. No, he's. You know what? We're. He's. Um. He's such a sweet boy. He doesn't have. At least yet, he doesn't have the competitive fire yet. You know, even wow. on the playground, he lets everyone else go first, and you know, he wants everyone to be happy, and he's. Um, he likes to say, like, he's just the sweetest boy ever, but he is an incredible athlete, too. So, I don't know. I think we just kind of leave it open to whatever he wants to do. We don't force him into anything. We don't say, hey, we're going to go out in the yard and play soccer now, or you're going to go to, you know, daddy's practice or whatever it is. So, yeah. um, we just want him to be free with whatever he decides and not be forced. Well, we got 10 minutes left, just so you know. I do want to ask one more okay. soccer question, if it's okay. Just like a very fanboyish thing, because mm-hmm. a soccer game, if sure. a so- if a if a soccer team scores five goals, that's a high scoring game, right? Yeah, I would say yeah. So when you depends you're, on the level, but so you're a defender. I don't know how much of a factor this is, but I'm sure throughout your career, high school, college, when you're when there's a game and it's a tight game and you actually score a goal, is that is it just the fucking best feeling in the world? Oh my God, it's so incredible. There's so much adrenaline like running through your body. That happened um, when I was playing and we actually won the national championship. And um, I won't tell you if it was in college or in the, <laughs> in the professional league, but um, it was just the most incredible feeling. We you, were you scored a goal in the national championship then, game? I, I didn't, I didn't, but I was on the field when our team did. And it was just, I mean, um, you know, like a pile on, like everybody's just like, oh, the feeling is you're so exhausted. 
and putting in so much effort the whole time and you score, it's the best feeling. Wow. That's cool. I'll never know that feeling. I get laughs. I get <laughs> laughs. I get laughs sometimes. That's what you get. You get That's, laughs. Ugh, ugh. That's got to be an incredible feeling. What's that like? It's fine. It's not like uh, it's not like slide tackling an enemy who is talking shit, getting up, passing a ball downfield, watching someone tear ass down the pitch and put the ball over the outstretched hands of a goalie just mere inches beyond their eager fingertips knowing that they just were too weak to get there because my team is superior <laughs> Nobody pro- if I go up and I tell a good pithy story but I go we up to get you on some play-by-play <laughs> I will tell you, if I go on stage and tell a story about what it was like growing up in New Jersey the other comedians don't charge from the back of the room and pile on nobody cares no, but like, we all hate each other we're about Okay. What about hecklers? Do you get anybody who like just yells shit out it, from the crowd? It does feel good. It feels good to destroy a heckler. You're the worst. That would be your exactly. The, your competitive side would love dealing That's with hecklers. That's my tackle. Oh. oh my god! I went to a show recently and somebody yelled something out, and I was like, "Oh my god, I would kill you if I were up there." I need someone like you on my side. I need someone like you to give me notes on my comedy of like you're not working to be the best. How are you not working to be the? You need to work harder. I wouldn't know the difference. You'd I would. No. I laugh at everything. You'd hang out for a month. You'd be like Joe Firestone is the alt comedian putting on on the real good shows. You gotta, you gotta get competitive. You gotta get competitive. <laughs> okay, so let's think. We got about seven minutes left. We're, moving forward, you've got this thing. You got this thing that's in your gut. It's built into your DNA at this point. This competitiveness professional level you spend your whole life doing it but it's gone and that's that sucks it's tearing you up and you feel like some of your other friends maybe gotten gear heading away from it sooner than you did so what, what do we uh where are you feeling how where how do you feel like how where are you gonna go how are things gonna wind up do you think um i'm you know for a little while there i was not happy but i am very happy now um i think i just finally realized that life doesn't have to work out the way that you planned it. You know, it doesn't have to have like, you know, you meet somebody in college and you get married and you have the white picket fence and you have kids together, you know, and you have one, two, three kids, whatever it is, and a dog and like life is perfect there on out. Like, you know, you make it what, um, what, what's meaningful to you. You know, I was in a situation where, yeah, like I, I had to I actually found um, my boyfriend through a dating website. It's so strange because we like basically moved in the same circles and stuff. And, you know, I, I fell in love with him. And like I said, then I, then I met his son and fell in love with his son. And um, I mean, there was, there was a part in there that I was not sure if that was, right for me because you know um I, I don't know what I felt I felt like um I wasn't I wasn't sure and I think I wasn't sure if that's what I wanted because I had this other vision in my head that things had to be perfect but they are perfect for me and um I'm so happy and I and I love Every second that we have um, his son with us and I love um, where we're going, you know, we're not engaged or anything like that, but I honestly don't even see that as a factor at all. Like I don't, 
I mean, I, I think about our life together, but I don't think like, oh, I need to be married in order for this to happen or I need to, anything needs to be official. Like I'm just, um, I'm present, you know, I'm living in today and I'm just really happy with it. Well, I could learn a lot from you. That was, you just, you just put on a clinic. You just put on a clinic that we all need to hear. No. Be present. No. Be present. I mean, Let your vision go. Time. Yeah, I would imagine. That took a lot of therapy. <laughs> a lot of therapy. <laughs> yeah. A lot of medication. A lot oh, of yeah. Oh, I hear that. Oh, I hear that. Believe me. I got a really good, I got a pretty good worldview now, but the Wellbutrin helps. The Wellbutrin certainly helps shape it for sure. <laughs> Yeah, I got a great family and um, a lot of great people around me. So, you know, once you have that, who cares about how things are supposed to be? I mean, who? What? what's supposed to be? What does it even mean? It's true. So, I think that was my biggest thing is just getting past that. Now, let me put something out there. Let's say your boyfriend proposes. It sounds like you'd be into it just based on what you've been saying. Your wedding, mm-hmm. the, yeah, people, the people helping you with your wedding, they need to watch the fuck out, huh? Your wedding's going to be the best no, wedding. No, I actually, no. Like, I just, I don't, I'd rather spend money on something else. Like, I'd rather, you know, just like a couple of close friends and like a little celebration, you know? I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't have to be fancy. It doesn't have to be big. I don't even care if I'm wearing a white dress. Like, I just want us to be together. And, um, you know, because it's just a day. It's a wow. day that... Love conquers um, competition. Love conquers the competition. <laughs> yes, that should be love conquers the competition. That should be the title. Love is the water that puts out the competitive fire. There you go. Oh, I like it. But your boyfriend's vows your boyfriend's vows better be on point, right? At the very least. At the very least. <laughs> True. You gotta give something. True. Oh my gosh, yes. The shoes have to be right. <laughs> we got about two minutes, two and a half minutes. This is this one has flown by. I want to thank you for it. Oh, thank you. This was awesome. A I mean, champion. my heart was racing, like I said, when you first picked up, and then I was like, oh my God. No. So, I, <clears throat> I was way into it. I was way into it. Have you, here's another last minute soccer question. Sorry to keep looping it around to soccer. I don't want to be one of those people in your life who keeps bringing it around to soccer when you're a well-rounded person. Have, did you play with any? Did you play with anyone who is on the Olympic team? Yes. Oh my! Yep. You're a fucking badass, huh? You're a badass. No, no, not at all. You are. You're not a badass. I'm yes, talking, you are. I'm telling you, this was 12 years ago. Doesn't that I played. matter at all. If you and me, if, if, totally if we, matters. if in some world you and I ever wound up on a soccer field together, even today, I would be, I would be, sh- I would walk away in shame, wouldn't I? Even today. <laughs> no. Yes, I would. No. Yes, I no. would. No, I not even, I haven't touched a soccer ball in a long time, so I think you'd be in luck. Oh, yeah? I haven't touched one since about 1990. <laughs> I'd be in luck. There's no way. You'd cream me. Wipe the floor with me. Wipe the floor. No, not at all. <clears throat> this was awesome. Thank you so much for picking up my call. Please. Thank you. We got a minute left. 
You want to talk shit about that college team you used to hate real quick? You want to send a message out to them? Oh, my God. I hated them so much. Who was it? Was it DePaul? But I ended up playing with, I ended up playing with a couple of them in the professional Oh, um, did you just talk arena. so much so, shit? Oh, my God. It was the worst. But then I, like, I had to be, like, friends with them. But it was awesome. They're awesome people. So um, it was just mostly, like, that vision of, like, this other team. That you what school? Hate. What you school was it? Hate. Give me that. What school was it? What? I can't. You can't? Why? What an interesting... Notre Dame. Fuck Notre Dame, the fighting Irish man. <laughs> Fuck that, man. Look at those guys left the Big East for the ACC of all places. You're going to tear apart my Big East for the enemy, the ACC? I know. I know. No, thanks. I know. But you said your school left the Big East too, right? Maybe. Wow. A stickler for the anonymity. <laughs> A stickler for the anonymity. It's about to ring. Thank you so much for the call. This was a great call. Thanks for letting me know about your fascinating life. All right. Have a good day. What a, what a pleasant call. What a pleasant glimpse into the psychology and the life of someone who uh, has accomplished things that are totally different than the things I have the physical and mental ability to accomplish. Caller, thank you for that. And everybody, let's think of... There's nothing heavy, nothing... uh, I mean, some things that were heavy, but nothing dramatic. Just a real look at at an interesting life and the repercussions of it. And Caller, I hope that the stress of figuring out why your life is different than your previous dreams continues to uh, sort itself out. What a great, pleasant call. Thank you for that. And I want to thank everybody for listening. I want to thank everybody who has uh, subscribed and rated and reviewed this show on iTunes. It really helps so, so much. And, uh, you know, we're sticking in the charts really nice. But I want to stay at the top, baby, because I'm competitive, just like our caller. If you're competitive like our caller and you want this show to be the best, if you think that real conversations with regular people have validity in this world, then rate it and we'll stomp all those other podcasts like that soccer player. I want to thank the Reverend John Delore. I want to thank Greta Cohen. I want to thank Shell Shag for the intro music and all the music throughout the show. Great, great group. If you want to know more about me, thechrisgethardshow.com for my TV show, chrisgeth.com for my touring dates. I'm going all over the world, guys. Dublin, Edinburgh, Scotland, doing the Fringe Fest. I'm going to be there. I'm also in a movie this summer, Don't Think Twice, written and directed by the great Mike Birbiglia. It'll be uh, spreading all throughout July and August. It's showing up all all over the U.S., so check it out. Find a screening. Support it. Cool stuff. We'll be back next week with more Beautiful Anonymous. We've been having so many cool conversations, banking up some good ones. Here's what you'll hear next time on Beautiful Anonymous. All three of my brothers are Pentecostal ministers. Come on. Um, Every male member of your family for three generations has been a Pentecostal minister. Well, I mean, if you want to get technical, it's four on my dad's side and five on my mom. What? So, yeah. Okay, so here. So you are the black sheep. You are the black sheep of this family. Oh, I'm I'm the total Anglican, bipolar black sheep of this family. (laughs) (laughs) Next time on Beautiful Anonymous. My name is Katie Couric. I love to talk. 
and I love to ask questions. Have you always been a feminazi like me, Rebecca? I was born a feminazi. There is so much coming at us fast and furiously every day, but I don't think anybody's explaining it very well. And that's why I wanted to do this podcast. Right now in the polls, Hillary beats Donald Trump. I know, but polls schmoles, Esther, to go a little deeper than the wrestling match that you currently see on cable television. It does make you think that what we do here is important to generations beyond us. So listen, subscribe, and let's help each other figure out what's going on. This has been an Earwolf production, executive produced by Scott Ackerman and Chris Bannon. For more information and content, visit Earwolf.com. Earwolf.